We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! To the back, folks. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon, and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. An anniversary this week, as January 21st marked 48 years since the first official Star Trek convention was held at the Statler Hilton Hotel in New York City way back in 1972. The con was organized by a dedicated group of fans who planned for 500 attendees. 3,000 showed up. The show featured a dealer's room and guests included Gene Roddenberry, Majel Barrett, D.C. Fontana, and science fiction grandmaster Isaac Asimov, and fans thrilled to screenings of the original pilot episode and the infamous blooper reel. Flyers advertising the convention included the phrase, Star Trek Lives, which ultimately became the battle cry of a revival campaign that was initiated by fans in the early 70s. And I think we may safely say today that yes, Star Trek definitely lives. Science has brought forth the voice of a mummified 3,000-year-old Egyptian priest. No joke. Nessie Amun was a priest from Thebes who lived during the politically volatile reign of Pharaoh Ramses XI between 1099 and 1069 BC. His voice has been reproduced as a vowel-like sound that is reminiscent of a sheep's bleat. Researchers accomplished the feat by producing a 3D printed voice box based on Nessiaman's vocal track, which was scanned to establish its precise dimensions. Using the vocal track with an artificial larnex sound, they synthesized a vowel sound meant to be similar to the voice of Nessiaman. The research was carried out by academics at Royal Holloway, University of London, the University of York, and Leeds Museum and was published in the Scientific Reports Journal on Thursday. It is believed to be the first project of its kind to successfully recreate the voice of a dead person through artificial means. In the future, the researchers hope to use computer models to recreate full sentences in Nessie Amon's voice. It was reported yesterday by Variety that production on the Marvel animated series Howard the Duck and Tigra and Dazzler, which had been planned at Hulu, has ceased. Two other shows, Modok and Hitmonkey, remain in the queue for delivery. It was reported in December that Tigra and Dazzler showrunner Erica Vinin... Oh, all right. Rivanova, I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, the show's writing staff had departed over creative differences with Marvel, which led to that show being put on hold. And this follows cancellation of a number of other planned projects from Hulu, as well as the shuttering of Marvel Television. And the official logo 
for the U.S. Space Force was unveiled yesterday. It looks very much like the logo for Star Trek's Starfleet Command. You can check it out at the Fantastic Forum Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. Uh, also, this week, Star Trek Picard debuted on CBS All Access. Since we're getting kind of Star Trekky here with uh, getting nostalgic about the first official Star Trek convention and uh, the fact that Star Trek got their logo ripped off. Anyway, look, we're going to be talking about uh, that and a lot more on today's show. Joining me for this scintillating conversation, we have a newcomer to the show. It's uh, Derek Horton. Welcome to the show, Derek. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we also have uh, our redoubtable stalwarts, Roberto Ortiz. Glad to be here. And courtesy of the Great Geek Refuge, to which we owe a tremendous debt, myself in particular, we have Mike Lunsford. Welcome, Mike. Hello, hello. Yeah. Hi, Hi Mike. Hi. So, yeah. So, hey, I mean, you heard us uh, talking about this thing. Now, now I, I, I kind of want to lead with the whole Star Trekky thing because actually first <laughs> let's just get this out of the way <laughs> I pivot back to this business of um, the uh, the mummy's voice um, <laughs> because now now it, and this gets even more frightening you guys because apparently um, this Nessiamen you know this uh, Theban priest uh, he had uh, a written on his sarcophagus that he wanted his voice to be heard and um, I was absolutely mystified by this, but uh, yeah, apparently that's what he wanted. He wanted his voice to be heard in the afterlife. You know, this is and how mommy curses start. Right? I was, I, that's exactly where I was going, dude. That's exactly Everybody's where I was gonna going. Everybody's going to die. Like, <laughs> you want to get cursed? Because that's how you get cursed. That did, you know, that is exactly what I am talking about. I don't know if, I mean, why researchers would decide, hey, let's recreate the voice of the mummy. Yeah. This seemed like a good idea to you. Yes. you know? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Any other historical figure that we can have access to their body now? No. It has to be from a culture that obsessed with curses and the afterlife. What could happen? Yeah. Well, the other thing that I was just curious about, as an aside, did anybody test this thing on themselves? Because I'd be like, well, all right, make a 3D print of my Larnex and let's see if it sounds like me before we go proclaiming this thing a success. Yes. I mean, my suspicion is they just said, hey, let's try it out on the dead guy. You know? Actually, uh, this is I've been seeing research about this thing for a while oh, now. Oh, so you know about this? Yeah. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> You're a real nerd. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very. I love you, honey. Thank you for marrying me. <laughs> uh, they've been working on rendering sound from nothing for a while. Oh, okay. We, but wasn't we this know, Jurassic Park? And yes. They, Jurassic they Park, actually, yep, yep. That's, exact, that's a fantastic point. Yes, in mm -hmm. Jurassic Park 2, they had that. And mm -hmm. this is something that it's on the pipeline. Wait a minute. No, that was 3. 3, sorry. My yeah, bad. there you go. Come on now. We're going to have to take <laughs> your nerd card. <laughs> but it's research they've been working on for a while specifically. And it's actually some really disturbing stuff where I can actually take audio from you, have the machine basically take it apart, and write sentences and change what you're saying. Mm. 
I can do that now. Yeah. Well, I've actually, yeah, I've I've heard, um, and I didn't realize it was that, but I've heard some computer-generated stuff. um, Not only that, also the video, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I can do both. That's actually, and that's a good segue for the SIGGRAPH conference is going to be coming to Washington, (laughs) D.C. So if you're interested in learning more cool stuff like this, please, Listen to me at the end of the show. Huh. I love it. Well, there you it, go. It, All it. right. So um, Roberto has taken over hosting the show. <laughs> <laughs> Going to have to make sure that we leave you some time to talk about SIGGRAPH there at the end. All right. Well, anyway, so um, so there is that. Let's uh, hope we avoid the ancient Egyptian <laughs> curse. <Yes. Yeah. laughs> might Locus. not be no SIGGRAPH. <laughs> but what, the thing I don't understand is, like, isn't this like the perfect plot for a movie? It's like... Of, of course it is. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like Universal must be listening to this and saying, "This is like the plot for the next Mommy movie." Yeah, it's like <laughs> yes. the first. Ten, we yes. have the ten, first ten minutes here. The rest writes I think itself. So. <laughs> uh, basically, I think know, so. and, and hopefully it's a happy ending. I hey, think but so. the, the other thing is, and this this I just thought was so outrageous because I heard about now from when they first talked about the space force, and I've yeah, seen all the memes, everything <laughs> from you know the the Marines mm-hmm. in Aliens yeah. to um, you know whatever the mobile infantry yeah. in uh, Starship Troopers and all that. I love yeah. it. So space force. And then now, and if you haven't seen this logo, absolutely go to the Fantastic Forum Facebook page and you can check it out. Plug, the plug. doggone thing looks just like Actually, it gets worse. The, it looks mm? exactly like the logo from the show Enterprise. Oh, if really? you uh, look mm-hmm. it up, I swear to you, if you look up the ent- the from the show Enterprise, the mm-hmm. symbol Scott from Bacula. Starfleet, the Scott Bakula one, okay. yes, it looks identical. It's like, oh my god, mm. this is like, what were they thinking? Mm. Hey Mike, yes. you're former military. You you I am. Uh, yeah, I mean what do you what have you seen this thing, right? What do you think? <laughs> first, first and off. that says it all. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, first off. <laughs> it just, it's on the surface. Like just from like a like a cursory glance, everybody because well first off, because Trump came up with the idea. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, this is so dumb. <laughs> and like it just I, I, I'm try- like honestly, like it's not a horrible idea to have a space force, but at the same time, the air force was already doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, but that's not unheard of because that the air force came from the army. So again, not not completely unheard of, but just right. the more and mm-hmm. more we get into this, the dumber and dumber, <laughs> dumber it is. Facts. And like the logos are stolen, their BDUs that they're wearing are like they're woodland, woodland. <laughs> I know it's space. <laughs> Like, are we sending these guys to Endor? Like, what? what (laughs) Actually, Mike, don't you think that the only thing missing in the logo is a sword going through the globe? And officially, you have the Terran Empire. Live long and prosper. Yeah, that's what we're going for here, you know? It's like, like, good God. Mm. Conquering a dominion that no person, no no country is supposed to try to lay stake to. I mean, oh, that's only like I don't know international law. My bad. Like, <laughs> nice. It's Very just nice. like no, it's America's now because we have a space force. Any of you losers have a space force? No, eh, we bigly did it first. It's just like God, dude. Like, but, but and then we got to steal from Star Trek too. Like, but, just put a what a hack. But Mike, imagine yeah. if you're a lawyer in charge of trademarks for Paramount Pictures and you see this and you say. Oh God! <laughs> what do I do? Now? 
<laughs> so is this Armageddon? Is that what this is? Bruce Willis? Were they the Space Force? The original Space Force? No, actually, I would say more like uh, Starship Troopers. I think they go more for like Starship Troopers. Uh, what else? Rico's Roughnecks. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? That Trump was just watching some sci-fi movies over the weekend. And he's like, we got to worry about these bugs that are coming. They're going to be a huge problem. we got to do something. Sky Marshall. Well, I tell you what, he should have watched a couple of episodes of the West Wing, and it would have helped him out a lot better. Right on. But the question is, if you belong to the Space Force, are you a space cadet? I suppose you are. You're pro Actually, you're probably a full-blown Sky Marshal. There you <laughs> go. The there Space you go. Force. Wow. I love it. <laughs> and you know what I think I happened? I, I've done this stuff as a designer. Sometimes you do logos that are so bad on purpose that you give them options and you do one that is like, there's no way they're going to pick this one. And they're going to go with the one I like. That's the one they pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, not not to go off down the political road here, but this is what happens. This, this guy, you don't give him the whacked out option because that's the one he's going to pick. You know, with normal people, yeah, you give him, all right, and then we'll give him this as the whacked out option, and he'll definitely go with something else, you know? Facts. I mean, it's like, no. You know, it could be worse. They could have shown him the, the logo for the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that one. That looks nice. cool. It's you know, circular. You know. I'm just I'm surprised that like the lo like the, the motto isn't like may the force be with you. <laughs> I love it. Like, hey, have they announced a motto yet? <laughs> oh, God. I love it. I'm just saying guys, we could tell them, hey, uh Mr. Trump, sir, uh sit this Bobiscum would be a sweet motto. And he's like, Yeah, I like that. May the force be with you. I love yeah, that. Space Force. I like it. Oh mm, my god. Yeah. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington and streaming online via WERA.FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio today by Derek Horton and Roberto Ortiz and via the miracle of technology, courtesy of the Great Geek Refuge, Mike Lunsford. And uh, we were just entertaining ourselves <laughs> talking about the Space Force logo. <laughs> Which was uh, only unveiled yesterday. I feel so. horrible. They made the people from the Air Force look good. The people from the Air Force must be like, thank you. Now <laughs> people are not making fun of us. <laughs> you know, um, just as an aside, and uh, you know, because I, I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole for a second here, uh, because this actually could be relevant in terms of recruiting. For yeah, the Space yes. Force. They're going to be people who see the Star Trek fans. I mean, from what I've seen as far as the response oh. on social yeah, media, yeah. Star Trek fans are loving this, yes. you know? I mean, oh, you might get to be part of a branch, and this is literally your symbol, yes. like this little uh, yeah. chevron yes. here that's, you know, the Starfleet thing. And I'm reminded that there are so many of these movies and television shows that ultimately are very successful in terms of generating recruitment yes. like for... That one, sorry, like which one? Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun, yeah. Yes. Well, that's Facts. true, but see, Top Gun, you're right. That's Facts. probably the best example, even though that wasn't exactly a genre-related one. They I mean, said recruitment boots I believe right it. outside the theaters. I oh, believe it. No it doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Well, and of course, you know, they've got, like, Top Gun 2, yes. basically coming out <laughs> 40 years after yes. the fact. Which is kind of bizarre. Anyway, though, but as an aside, no, I, and hell, I guess I'll ask you guys. Since I've gone down the rabbit hole, although I'm going to lead, um, because I, I I have gotten, I mean, the 13-year-old in me gets so hyped 
watching some sci-fi movies and television shows. And there are two particular examples. One was um, Street Fighter, okay? Now, you know, it was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, yes. And I'll tell and you what. Yes, the great Raul Julia, yes, of course, yes. as, as Bison. <laughs> no, but, uh, man. For you, it was uh, the most important day for my life. <laughs> for, for me, for it was Tuesday. Man, that scene where, uh, you know, they had just relieved him of command, that's... Mm -hmm. I tell you what, and in fact, and now, now I got to do the little scene. You and it's go like, crazy. Troopers, I've just received new orders. Our superiors <laughs> say the war has been canceled, and we can all go home. It means ideals <laughs> like freedom and justice they get packed up, and our friends will have died, will have died here for nothing. But we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. <laughs> I'm gonna get in my boat, and I'm going up river. And I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard, the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. Now, who wants to go home and who wants to go with me? I love it. I, I oh, love I didn't it. Know you could do a Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I love it. Well, let me tell you something. I, it was it was two in the morning. I was sitting at home with a buddy. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to go with you. Ah. I love it. Why is this so movie was... no more respected? Seriously. <laughs> Because it sucked. <laughs> hey, I, did a, um, yeah. mm -hmm. I did an internet search just so you guys know, and I found the uh, the new fight song that this uh, Space Force is going to play. Oh, no. Are you serious? Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Right. Let's yeah, get, bring it. <laughs> I keep telling you, the people from the Air Force are like, Fuck <laughs> They will never make fun of us again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you for that, Mike. <laughs> that was right on time there. No, the other one was um have you ever seen Battle Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, let me tell you something. I like it's that like, movie a lot. Yeah, oh, good. oh, yeah, let it me tell you good. something. Marines don't quit. <laughs> I love the the log they sat down and thought this through. I like the fact that the Air Force person is gonna be the the, the tech person. I love yeah, the fact yes. that the mm -hmm. Marines are going to be... I like basically how they're reinterpreting how the armed forces against aliens would be. Yes. And I wanted to see more of this world. I wanted to see how humanity basically reorganizes itself, how the armed forces... Oh, Part you two. are such a freaking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, was, I was sold. Actually, there were a couple of scenes. One where um, he blew up the gas station. Aaron Eckhart yes. blows up the yes, gas station. Yes. And they're like, oh, that was a real John Wayne move. There, you know? <laughs> I like the scene where... Um, actually, where the lieutenant sacrifices himself. Very good. Um, probably my favorite, though. I mean, it's not a fight scene. Yep. Oh, well, actually, where he, he confronts the, uh, the junior... Uh, the, mm -hmm. the non-com you know the, whose brother was, died under his command you know it's all right you want to go there let's go there you know? <laughs> so, but then it was when um they had found the location of the enemy command and control center and he's like sit down there i've got to recon that area <laughs> it's like we might not have enough power to take back off he's like all right Hover at 40 feet! <laughs> you know? This is a letter from Martinez's wife. Will you get it to her? Yes! <laughs> you know? But the cool thing is that they wait, do wait, 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 w
get those civilians home. He's like, you know, you know Hector, you're the bravest little Marine I know. And he drops out, you know, and the woman's like, no, you know. And dude repels down, and he's like, he's just going to go by himself. And then another rope drops down, and then the corporal comes down. And then all of all the Marines come down. It's like, the Air Force girl comes down. It's like, you ain't leaving me here. It's like, I'm going with y'all. I was just, I was practically in tears at that scene because of the solidarity Facts. and you know the esprit de corps Facts. I, oh man but the thing is like, was, you know, it's dude. supposed to rem- oh sorry wait, wait, Mike. yeah mm-hmm. the the OG okay let's let's take it back okay um in Independence Day, I love where it. they're oh, at yeah. Area 51, and Bill Pullman steps up there and he I gives that it. speech. Yeah. That <laughs> I love it. Music. We're not going to go quietly into the night. We're not going down without a fight. It. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Like, and you know yeah, why the sequel failed? Because they forgot that type of cheese in the movie. You need that type of earnest. Seriously, the cool thing about the way he did that performance, Bill Pullman, mm. Is that he was very earnest how he gave that speech? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. He, he wasn't winking. He wasn't no. This is a, a, oh, an act. that was serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm the it's, president. In fact, the the lead to that, he's like, well, they look a little nervous, and he decided, uh-huh. wait, give me that mic. You know, I, I better give him a I little prep so. talk here. All right, so Mike, would would that scene from Independence Day would that be your recruitment moment? At that moment, yeah, let's do this. Let's let's go fight these aliens. Let's let's win our world back. You okay, know? but the I weird like thing it, is, I, suppose I really that, like that one. we have an Independence Day type mothership showing up on top of the Capitol tomorrow. Do you think the people from the Space Force would say, oh crap, uh, we're not ready for the, this? The Space Force people are supposed to know before <laughs> the thing shows up. You know? Long range scanners or whatever. Derek, what would your recruitment moment be from uh, one of these pictures? This is more of a father daughter type situation. Okay. okay. Liv Tyler, Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Uh, something about that scene, yo. Did it for me back then, yo. Mm. Yeah, you know I'm saying it was. Yeah. I don't Where know he what... was talking to her yeah. on the, on the, uh, the communicator. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was something about that. Not recruitment, but it was just something about that scene. It was like, yo, I'm willing to give up my life for whatever. I that love that. That was a very That's powerful a scene. scene. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. one more Honey, I'm going to have to break Worthington? a promise to and, you. Uh, my man Sam Worthington, Avatar. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, what okay, part? that's cool. Uh, when he's trying to recruit all the tribes, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying? It's still something about that one to me, too. You know what I'm oh, saying? So he's Taruk Makhto. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His girl's like, I see you. I see you, yeah. baby. You know what I'm saying? But those are my two. Those are my two. <laughs> may, may I suggest one? Oh, it's your turn. Yes. <laughs> what? What's yours? Easy. Build packs on aliens on the express elevator to hell. Oh, from aliens. Really? Oh, that's God, yeah. a, I, that's, I mean, they're, they're still, you know, okay. full of piss and vinegar. Right, right. Then, yes, know? I love that. I love basically. Game over, man. This is why it's perfect Classic. for the Space Force. It's like, this is what I think of you guys right now. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Let me show and, you a couple of scenes from Bill Paxton. <laughs> In all in all seriousness, man, the one that uh, has always gotten me, and the one, and like, because people rag on it all the time, they're like, it was such a disappointment compared to Star Trek Two. But in Star Trek Three, this search for Spock when they're on Vulcan, yeah. and Sarek's looking at Kirk, and he's like, "You sacrificed everything, you know, your your crew, yep. your son, your yeah. ship," and he's like, "And if I hadn't, I, I would have sacrificed my soul." I was like, "Damn!" Yeah. Like <laughs> he, he gave up everything for his friend. Like that was yeah. that, That's the that's the one. Yeah, well, and then especially because he throws in, you know, because Spock is like revived at that point. He's like, my father says you are my friend. You came back for me. 
You know, he's a big guy. He's just yeah. the needs of the one outweigh the needs That's of the many. One. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. That is a pretty good one. How about when Picard mm. in first contact basically is talking about the Borg infiltrating his city and, and he says gives a speech about holding a line here. That he's tired mm. basically always retreating, always fighting, and he just wanted to fight back. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, and I, I, I get that. I mean, and, and, and nothing against that scene. Honestly, I felt like the portrayals of the Borg, I mean, after, the, to me, the biggest Borg episode of Star Trek was the conclusion of season three. Um, you know, that whole best of both worlds, you know, because, and in fact, sometimes I wish that what they had done instead of what they actually did would have been to write Patrick Stewart essentially off the show as a regular, have him be a semi-recurring character, but he's the voice of the Borg from that point forward. So they're messed up every time they run into the Borg because it's like, oh, this is our former captain. And I liked What's-Her-Face as Lieutenant Commander Shelby. I thought the dynamic with her and Riker, if Riker had been captain, that would have been interesting. I mean, there were all sorts of ways that you could have taken that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, because... Quite frankly, that was just, I mean, it was a very powerful kind of situation, and they, in some ways, they cheapened it by, oh, we've got him back, and now the only saving grace for all of that was what I call part three, Yes, which was the episode that followed those two parts. It was called Family. It was actually the second episode of season four. You're going to love the new show. Yeah. Well, and but what was the the scene that I liked there was you saw how messed up Picard was as a result of his experience. Actually, because he was fighting with his brother, and he's like, "You don't know, Robert. They took everything I was. (laughs) They used me to kill and to destroy. I couldn't stop them. I tried so hard to stop them. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't good enough." I should have been able to stop them. I was like, damn. But the turmoil. But, but, yeah. but, but the cool thing I... I some acting, man. But one of the things that they did right, specifically in the first Contact movie, which I really appreciated, is that they continue that. That he will never get over that. Right. Specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. That that experience, basically... And that's what I love of Picard as a character, more than mm. any other character in, fiction, in Star Trek. Because things that happen to him have consequences of, with him as a person. It's not, there's not a reboot of the character. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a cumulative effect of different experiences that make him the character he is now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him uh, a fascinating uh, exploration in fiction. It's like Kirk, one of the things that I love about him is that you saw that type of evolution mostly in the movies, but not necessarily in the TV show. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Facts. Well, the only thing about that, I agree with everything you said, but here's the rub for me. Um, they messed up every other portrayal of the Borg, starting with First Contact, because what does, in that first encounter, Q Who, season two of Star Trek The Next Generation, they're like, they don't have a single leader. It's, I mean, the whole thing is supposed to be decentralized. Right. And then they introduce that Borg queen, and I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, they don't have a single leader, huh? It's the collective minds of all of them, huh? Oh, really? I mean, that changed the whole dynamic of what the Borg were supposed to be. I mean, and then, you know, Picard is like, wait, you were there, but that ship and and those Borg were destroyed. But I remember, I fought you. I was like, no, dude, they assimilated you. You were toast. It's like, so, so, the, the, I mean, they kind of, 
they kind of changed the. Uh, they were retconning okay. the whole thing, basically. Okay. Wow. Okay, I got yeah. you. That never yeah. happens in science fiction. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not the point. Hey, look. <laughs> so <laughs> that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA in Arlington, Virginia. We're community radio. I get people asking me all the time, they're like, Yuli, what does that mean? Well, for one thing, it means that we are of the community, by the community, for the community. But it also means that this is somewhere that you can get involved and you can be a part of it. You want to learn how to produce audio productions. Well, we've got classes in that. You want to actually be on the radio and your own FM radio show. You can do that here, too. You want to, well, there's a virtual world of things. Go to the website at WERA.FM. Find out how you can be a part of this wonderful institution that is community radio. So we're going to step aside for a moment while we acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our underwriters. We're also going to take a moment or two to promote some of the other exceptional WERA shows that are coming up later tonight. But... Stick around, because we're not done with Fantastic Forum. Not by a long shot, buddy. So, uh, stay tuned. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM. Radio Arlington, we are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and joining me in studio, I have Derek Horton and Roberto Ortiz, and via the miracle of technology and courtesy of the Great Geek Refuge, Mike Lunsford. And uh, we're just kind of having a little fun here, going back and forth and over and around just about some of the recent happenings this past week in the genres. And uh, one of the biggest things that happened this week on CBS All Access, yet another of these streaming services that you can pay some money for and see all the shows that you can't live without, well... Yet another Star Trek series, Picard. This one starring Sir Patrick Stewart as the stalwart captain of the Enterprise. And you know, in fact, I've heard him described as the most famous captain of the Enterprise. And I bridled, frankly, at that. Because everybody knows the most famous captain of the Enterprise is none other than James T. Kirk. I thought he was an admiral. Like, oh, James T. Kirk. Oh, well, you know, I admiral mean, he, Kirk. he was an admiral, but then he got busted to captain. And I don't know, I don't think he ever made that it's flag technical. rank okay, again. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, but but he, st- he was still in command. Yes. You know? But the thing is that Kirk is the kind of guy you want to run when you want to put Boston heads, but seriously, as a diplomat? Oh, he had diplomatic skills. Yeah, sleeping around like everybody with a pulse. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Shoot. Let me tell you something. Kirk, Kirk could do it all. Now, I mean, as what is it? As Janeway said in that uh, episode uh, that featured Sulu, she said, yeah, they were, they were a little quicker to pull their phasers, a little slower to invoke the prime directive. Their ships were half as fast. <laughs> but, you know, but hey, but, you know, he, uh, let me tell you something. Kirk could do it all. How about I mean, the, what hmm? the temporal police said about him in this space? <laughs> oh, I bet. His ship. <laughs> <laughs> he was a menace. <laughs> <laughs> Why? 
Now the question is, mm. William Shatner or Chris Pine? Oh, William Shatner. Really? <laughs> that's not even a contest, really? dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that J.J. Yeah. Abrams Mike, stuff, what do you think? that's, that's we not legit. Mike. Mike, what do you think? Here's the thing. Shatner is... Shatner's the original. Shatner gets put in a, a different stratosphere. But I was... With all the problems that the J.J. movies had... I think that was one of the few, like, dead-on, nail-on-the-head castings they did. Chris Facts. Pine was perfect as him. And, like, the the line, I can give you the exact line. It's when he's with that green chick. And um, they're messing around, and the green chick goes, James T. Kirk, I think I love you. And he goes, wow, that's weird. Like, <laughs> that was such a Kirk line. It was so perfect. <laughs> and, like, yeah, he just, he manages to, to nail that character in a way that, like, I mean, the guy who played uh, Spock was okay, but he, wa- he yeah, just wasn't. Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Yeah. He, did, yeah. he did okay. Serviceable. Yeah. Carl Urban, I thought, was really excellent as McCoy. Yes, I mean, Bones. he was channeling DeForest Kelly yes. playing that part. Fact. Well, the fascinating yeah. thing is that they're talking about redoing the movies now. The rumor going around, from what I heard, is that they want to go with a different cast. And what I'm smelling that they're probably gonna go with is probably do more adventures, maybe with next gen. Because Boo. the problem they're having right now is that the Boo. cast they have right now is too expensive for Paramount. They really want to do more lower budget movies. Oh, so you're talking about the the Abrams people, right? Um, oh. Der- Derek, why were you booing that? I think I'm ready for new stories, new crew. Yeah, new adventures. Uh, I enjoy the '80s gen, you know, next gen, Deep Space Nine. Uh, we we can give them a couple nods to those fans, but to bring new fans in for this fire to keep burning with Star Trek, mm-hmm. we need new stories. Just same thing with uh, Lucas. Same thing with Star Wars. We need new stories, new adventures. I understand that we have to pay homage and everything well, but it's time for some new stories maybe we don't and and new when you people, say I'm new stories okay new so you so you basically want to see something more like this discovery where whole new ship yes. that you don't know anything about maybe not like the finest ship the flagship of the yes. starfleet and whatever but yeah okay all right and well personally me, yes let me give you a little something that is making its rounds on the internet and we might even see it i was so impressed with um the portrayal of Captain Pike by Anson Mount in <laughs> the last yes. discovery. You, you have mentioned I, that. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want a, I want that Enterprise. I want Actually, that Captain. Happen. I want, to, I want to see that, and then I want to see at the end of the series him hand the reins over to, to the new Kirk. CBS like, I, I, announced that that they're going to do it. They're going to, mm, yeah, this is going to happen. Mm. But I like your idea. I love it. <laughs> it's that good. Like yeah. literally off happen. of his performance, they can make an entire series. You know, so. I, that that would be worth it just to see him promoted to fleet captain and the tragic accident where he's inspecting the old J-class uh, starship oh. and the baffle plates rupture you and he's exposed the show, to the right? delta rays. Have you seen they the last show season? season? They showed Discovery. that. Yeah. Oh, it's on the show. What they show well, I thought what they showed was him like seeing like a flash forward in time yeah, to being but... injured. Now I'm talking about he suffers the injury. Oh. It's like he's going in there, pulling these kids out, getting exposed to the Delta Whoa. rays, and then he's messed up. But you know, they show that's, that. that's the thing with that. Well, second, yeah, but they show. But I'm talking season. about actually in continuity, where but, oh, Captain, you're inspecting the ship and well, all that. the wonderful that, thing Discovery did there is that they said point blank, "This is fixed." It's like Doctor Who. Remember in Doctor Who when they say this is a 
fixed point in history and it cannot be changed. They point blank told him, if you take this crystal, yeah. this is going to be a fixed point. In that, that's why Mike loves it. Because <laughs> knowing that yeah. he was going to suffer this injury, he did it. that's Starfleet. You know, it's like, <laughs> there you go, Mike. To, to, quote, to quote John Wayne, um, bravery is being scared to death but saddling up anyways. And yeah. that's what that's what Pike does is he knows exactly what his fate is going to be right. and he's horrified by it. He's like this is oh my god, he's like scared and, to death and, and this what he is what's going to happen so and he's still Remember yeah. what he said that uh I'm starting, Mike uh, remembers. Uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike remember what was the line he said? Article about it, yeah. <laughs> what was the famous line he said? He said uh I'm a Starfleet captain uh means Believe in honor, sacrifice, loyalty, love. love, yeah. And he's like, yeah. "Whoa." This is not the fate I predicted for myself. Yeah. But that's what I, I want my leader to talk like that. Exactly. Exactly. I that's, want that's my captain want. to talk to me like that. So Indeed. that's the kind that's the mm -hmm. kind of guy that you're you're willing to go that extra yes. mile for. Yeah. You Guys, know, that's uh, that's the guy you're willing to, somebody, to go into any firefight with. Somebody who inspires you. Facts. Somebody who facts. you feel is noble and honorable. Facts. Did you know? anybody yeah. saw mm -hmm. the show Picard by any chance? Besides me? Well, that yeah, I was yeah, going to say did. that. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, did. you know, because I, I wanted to segue to that. I haven't seen it. But I did oh read a review um, because the first three episodes were available for review. The reviewer said it starts out really, really, really slow, no. but it picks up. It's wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Who was this reviewer <laughs> watching? What the heck were they watching? I actually, <laughs> I felt specifically that mm -hmm. between the first scene and the end, a lot of stuff happened. They did a, they show you the new universe. They gave you an update, basically what happened with the Federation. They show you aspects of the Federation mm -hmm. in, that we never seen before. They spend a long time in Earth, which I like, really appreciate. Well, okay, I guess that's what they were getting at. Is you know you don't get to like right. the story show they until up you know, for crying out yeah. loud. Well, Next not, Gen was like that. Not it, everybody responds to setting a foundation, and I mean, some people they want to start right out. With the action, yeah. you know, no. I mean, sort of. Those people are wrong. <laughs> yes, thank you. Well, but I tell you what, I mean, I think back to the first episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, which to me had one of the best openings Star of Trek any to be series. One of the best pilots, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and remember how that started. You're right. It's smack dab in the Battle of right. Wolf Three Five Nine. You know, Fact, it's like yeah. whoa. I mean. You know, you haven't even gotten to the opening credits. The Saratoga has been destroyed. Yes. Facts. Cisco's wife is dead. Facts. Let me tell you something. Avery Brooks played the best my wife just died guy I've ever seen. Because he was pissed during the... Right after she died, he had this frown. And as soon as he pulls up his car, he's like, you're the bastard. Basically got my no, wife killed. Before <laughs> that, you know, because there's the Bolian and, uh, you know, he's like, the Bolian has got the uh, the tricorder and he's like, she's gone, sir. He's like, we can't just leave her here. And the Bolian grabs him. He's ah, ah, You know, it's like, I know she's dead. We gotta get her out of there. Yes. You know? We'll get your mom, Jake, and then we'll get out of here. You know, Actually, Picard kind of have a scene like that. Uh, specifically with Picard losing his temper. Well, that wasn't. I mean, I'm talking about ships getting destroyed, right? You chaos. Know, all this, yeah. You know, hey, from what I've heard, it isn't that. Here's, Actually, here's the no, thing, no. though: is yeah. like mm -hmm. with Picard, this is not James T. Kirk. No, this is not freewheeling. You know, phasers at the ready. Picard is a diplomat. Yes. Picard is all about control. He's all about being refined. 
And like you need to set the you you have to set that 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 has to be established for the show to work. You can't have him like they did in the movies, where all of a sudden, like in First Contact, all of a sudden he's an action star swinging across the set on a on a vine like he's Clark Gable. Like this is this is a completely different character. He's not like other action heroes. And actually, uh, and, and they established that very very well in this first episode. And, you know, and to expand on that mm -hmm. specifically. If you pay attention, and this is a show that requires to pay attention, the people who wrote this really did their homework with Next Generation. Yeah. The callbacks are amazing. Oh, dude, oh. they brought up they brought up Bruce Maddox. Thank I was you. like, wow. They, I was like, that's a that's a deep dive right there. And actually, and the fact that Data was painting, and the fact that in order for you to know that, you have to realize this is from episode five, uh, season five when. Uh, when Picard basically was basically intervening and part of the Klingon Empire and Data was dreaming. I mean, really geeky molecular <laughs> next generation stuff. Oh, that yeah. is Easter insane. eggs. It's like no, but it's only yeah, but Easter not eggs. like fan Thank service. You. Not like not cheesy so fan service. No, it's actually directly connected to the story. Yeah. And it's like they're saying if you don't agree with what we're showing, you never paid attention to next gen. Everything. In terms of what happens to the Federation, Picard ties in to what happened with the Federation. It makes sense if, you, because the, the guy who's writing will it, it attract new viewers? Maybe because that's mm. the key. No, but will it yeah, attract it younger it, it viewers? It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like '90s no. Star Trek, where it has to be um, villain of the week, where the stories don't tie cohesively together, and the action is limited to a very small budget. It's it's a much bigger budget now, I, and you can see that in the in the special effects, in the action scenes, in the fight scenes, at the choreography. Like it's it's Star Trek, but it's enhanced. It's taking yes. what Discovery does, and it's got that updated feel, and it doesn't feel like stiff. That was the problem with Star Trek towards the end. Yes. Like Star Trek: The yes. Next Generation got canceled basically because. It was it was starting to get old, Facts. and it was the same thing that happened to Voyager, same thing that happened to Enterprise, Facts. same thing that happened to Deep Space, Deep Space Nine. They needed a shot of life, and they're getting that and the with this, and they're seeing and it the, with this too. And the, hold, and the hold, actors hold don't just have one second, Roberto. Just one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA ninety six point seven FM Radio Arlington. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio by Derek Horton and Roberto Ortiz. <laughs> And via the miracle of technology and courtesy of the great geek refuge, Mike Lunsford. So we're talking right now about uh, Picard, the CBS All Access series that just dropped earlier this week on the streaming service. Roberto had a point he wanted to make. The Take characters don't feel they have plot armor. That impressed the hell out of me. That you're seeing it and you realize everybody's expendable here, including Picard, which is mind-blowing. It feels like... The, everybody that you're seeing on screen has a backstory. It feels like they're trying to tell you something. I even like the performances. Remember the Dunkirk line in the, in the, when Picard is being interviewed by the reporter? Oh, fantastic. Yes, yeah. the reporter did a fantastic job on portraying a person who didn't know what the hell Picard was talking about. And I love how Picard, Picard as a character, it's like five steps ahead of everybody. He figures out something about a character in the show. I will not spoil it. At the same time, the audience is suspecting something. Yeah. And he says it. It's like, oh, this and this and this that you probably perceive is true. It's a lie. And here's why. And you realize, my God, he's actually one of those rare per uh, uh, 
characters in the movie mm. that is in the same zip code as the audience following the story through. Hmm. The story, the audience is not ahead of the story; it's with him. And what's cool about it, and I love this, is that they're setting up that the antagonist of the show is going to be the Federation. But what's cool is that everybody who's an alien, Klingons, Romulans, worship the ground this man walks on. Oh yeah, yeah, he is a legend. The, and <laughs> the, it's like you see the the faces of the Romulans looking at him is like, whoa! I get to there was. Work. There was a little thing. It was it was it was small. It really wasn't that important to the story, but it told volumes about how they're going to tell the story. At one point, Picard and another character are on the run, and Picard is winded and out of breath and like begging the person to stop running because he can't keep up. And like that's not common. You don't see that. Yes. You don't see them admitting, "Hey, this is your main character and he, this is their weakness." Right up front in the first episode, like it's they're telling you like this they're, they're reinforcing hey he's old he's not who he used to be and like th they have no bones about that and that's like like roberto was saying plot armor you don't have that there, there's there's they're 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 leaning into the frailty that is a 92 year old man because that's how old he is yes in this. he's and, supposed to be yeah. 92 yes oh hey, crap medical well, technology has advanced a great deal it's tough to watch yeah. a show when a lead yeah. character is 90 years old <laughs> it's tough well in the 24th century you know you gotta feel i mean it's like what they're saying lifespans have been in increased so clearly yeah. this is because he was a lot younger yes. in Star Trek The Next Generation. So they've advanced the whole story, um, what, like about 50 years or something? 20 years since the last time he was, uh, when, since they thought they died. 20 oh, years since I see. Nemesis. Oh, and, since Nemesis, I got you. And the yeah. thing mm -hmm. they make quite clear specifically is that him, in terms of his principles, this is not a Luke Skywalker. This is a person who never lost faith in humanity or the Federation, but it broke their heart in terms of what it should be. The Federation itself changed, and that's what broke his heart. Hmm. And the cool thing about it is that the quest for Star Trek always is to look for new lives and new civilizations. This quest, I feel from what I'm seeing on the show, is this, is they're searching for the soul of the Federation. Again. Hmm. That's what it feels like, that he's searching to save the Federation from itself. And the cool thing about it is that it makes sense, because remember how Worf was the perfect example of uh, a character who grew admiring the Klingons, but he wasn't anything like the Klingons, that he was a person of honor who basically believed certain things. They're setting up Picard to be on the same uh, uh, journey that Worf went to, where he saved the Klingon Empire because he was a true Klingon of honor. Well, I'm, I, let me just interject here because otherwise I'm going to forget that I had wanted to say a couple of these things. So first, <laughs> in terms of uh, the assert, because um, Mike, you said earlier yeah. that um, Picard wasn't a swashbuckler. Picard actually was whatever was required by the show. I mean, yeah, I, he was a diplomat. And in fact, in the episode uh, Conundrum, uh, the... Um, Sutteran, who had infiltrated that our captain is obviously an accomplished diplomat. You know, I mean, to belittle Picard and trying to solicit Worf's help in carrying out his plan. But, and yes, Picard is a diplomat, but Picard, he's also a warrior. And yeah, he oh, yeah. was swinging he's around no like Errol Flynn. Zone and Klingons, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and in fact, in Why that do you think episode... Why the Klingons respect um, them so much? Yeah, it, 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 where um, Worf was accused of treason... 
I mean, yeah. he what he, he had of one what of them did, met yeah. bar or whatever. Yeah, he's like <laughs> stabbing Klingons and fighting there and all that. Yeah, you know. So um, he can do that. Shoot, I in fact, what, one of the moments that I loved it was in the one where. Uh, the um, the aliens were using the technology that allowed them to move interdimensionally, you know, sort of the little terrorism episode. And these people oh, yeah. popped up on the yeah. bridge. And what does Picard do? He turns, cold cocks the guy, yes. and jumps yeah. up on top of him, wrestling with him. I was like, oh, dude, you ain't just standing idly by waiting for security. Yes. Now, you know that was um, Tubok, right? Google it. The person he knock unconscious no no you're not thinking of the same episode oh yes i am no 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 this, no, no, oh, this was the, no this was a white guy in the episode i'm thinking of no you're not you're honestly you're not thinking of the same episode <laughs> the one i'm thinking of is the one where the aliens kidnap dr crusher oh, oh, in the oh, beginning oh, oh, of the episode yeah you know i know the one you're talking of. you're talking about the one where they come on board trying to steal the trilithium yes. from the yeah that, I believe me, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about here. So, um, no, not that one. Um, the other thing, uh, Roberto, you just alluded to, um, and what you what you said was mostly right, but you said that Worf wasn't like the Klingons at all. No, but he re no, he really is. But he's more of a true Klingon than because the Klingons sort of lost their way, and I we thought that do. was really yeah. Well, but yeah. I, I thought that was really illustrated beautifully in. Uh, the last uh, the episode where Worf killed Gowron because he's talking. He's talking. Oh my God! He really yeah, killed him. <laughs> no, but he's talking to Esri Dax, and there was a beautiful scene where she said, "You're one of the most." honorable people I know, but the fact that you and other Klingons are willing to accept this dishonorable government speaks volumes, essentially, to what your culture has become. I mean, and she forced him to confront what was going on, and Gowron was getting ready to lay waste to their forces in the war against the Dominion, and that was why they ended up fighting, because Worf is like, no. None of these other warriors will tell you the truth. I will. You you are squandering our ships and our crew. And and you know, I love it, I love it, it. but they were fighting words. And you know, ultimately, it's like okay, we got to fight to the death. Now, personally, I thought Worf should have been leader of the High Council because I was like, oh, it's it's Worf, King of the Klingons now. Surely, you know, Worf but, ended, you know. ended up in a better position because he's uh, what's called a kingmaker. He's a mm, guy yes. who's behind the scenes, mm -hmm. and his family is super important. And he's the one who makes sure that the Empire falls direction. And I'm looking forward... Well, it was in good hands no. with General Marta. But that's mm -hmm. the thing. I'm dying to see what happens in Picard. Because, again, the antagonist of this show seems to be the Federation. Mm. And it feels like the... Love what they're doing, by the way, Mike, with the Romulans. That they're showing that they're not a yeah. one solid uh, species in terms of how they all behave. That there's different levels. They're showing that the Tal Chiar is back... Uh, so you're never sure what's going on. Mm -hmm. I would say uh, I have not been ex this excited for the Star Trek show for a, a wow. long time. Wow. And, and I'm really looking for because the world building they did in that first episode, mm -hmm. especially with Earth. Wow. Why are you talking about that, Mike? Well, you know, I, I, I just got to throw in here because we're almost out of time and I want to make sure we leave you a little time to talk about SIGGRAPH. But here's the thing. Now, I mean, because I haven't gotten CBS All Access, I've seen no discovery and I've been really wrestling with whether or not I want to get CBS All Access to watch Picard. But here's the thing. So I tend to be a purist and from what you're describing, it reminds me just to use a comic book analogy, it reminds me of the miniseries Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Okay. Yeah. Because um, what happened in that turns out, and and they ran with this uh, in in the MCU because all of a sudden it was like, well, Shield wasn't as good as you were led to believe it was, you know. And you know, so even the leader Nick Fury was brought into conflict with it. And from the sound of what you're saying, it sounds as if there's something rotten in Denmark in terms of the United Federation of Planets. Now, I personally, based on what the UPF is supposed to be, sorry, UFP is supposed to be, I would like for the integrity of that organization to remain sacrosanct. And if you can't rely on anything else, I mean, it's one thing if it's some kind of alien conspiracy, like at the conclusion of season one of of, of TNG. But for for the Federation to be rotten based on the people who were involved, that's yeah. just, I mean, and frankly, they, they've sort of been going, giving nods to that in a lot of different ways, because the fact that you have so many, and this was a ongoing thing, really in TNG, you got there a little bit in Star Trek, the original series, but there were so many Starfleet admirals who were dirty. Yeah. And TNG. It was like, but how do we keep producing? How does uh, an institution like Starfleet Academy that is dedicated to the truth, how do they keep producing these freaking dirty-ass admirals? People who are willing to, like, Compromise. work with... Yeah, exactly. Kind Russia. Of working with the freaking <laughs> Cardassians. You know? Yeah. Oh, we're going to develop a, a cloaking device in violation of the Treaty of Algeron. I mean, all kind of... They were in and out all the... Oh, Compromise. I'm going to give weapons to the rebels to get our people back. Yeah, I mean, Video. It was, Come on. Compromise. How do we keep, how do we keep getting there? Because ultimately, Star Trek is a reflection. Uh, it's sci-fi. It's a reflection of what's going on in society, and that's where they're writing the stories. And that's why the Federation is morally bankrupt and corrupt. Because in in one of the lines, and it's not giving anything away, so it's not a spoiler. Yeah. At one point, they're talking about the Romulan evacuation, trying to get all yes, of them out of the. Yes, I love that line. Yes. And the, basically, the Federation decides that it's not cost-effective. I think all empires. But, but, but you're gonna at love this. At some point become compromised but you, you're gonna lo- you're gonna love this line mike what was the line she said remember uh, i can't even remember exactly what it, it was basically yeah. they were talking picard was saying well picard you want to basically uh, put a research federation to save one eight hundred million romulan lives and what oh yeah he, that's right and she goes yeah romulan lives and he goes no lives, lives. and yeah, it's like, like they're no different basically is what he was saying and, I, oh. and it was it's even after being at war with them being like they they cloned him for crying out loud. Now it's his, <laughs> his, his the bad guy you fought in the, in the last Star Trek yeah. Next Generation movie, mm-hmm. and he still has enough respect for for life across the galaxy to want to save and, all of these. And people. they haven't even told you yet. And this is I suspect what happens next is that he probably went to back channels like crazy to form a Dunkirk life flotilla to rescue as many people as. That's why again the Romulans worship him because yeah. God knows what this man did. To save as many people as he could, and that's 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 amazing in terms of a yeah. character. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, look. So um, that's just about all the time we have. I do want to give 
Roberto just uh, about 45 seconds <laughs> to talk a little bit about SIGGRAPH. Uh, okay, they, tell us what it is. Tell us how we can find out more about it. Tell us when it's coming up. One of the Real world's quick. largest computer mm -hmm. graphics conferences coming to Washington, D.C. is called SIGGRAPH Special Interest Group Graphics. They're coming to the Washington, D.C. area. They contacted the local chapter of SIGGRAPH. I'm on the board. And they're looking for virtual reality and augmented reality experiences. So if you're interested, just go to our website and just look for ACM SIGGRAPH Washington, D.C., and our email information is right there. Please, uh, if you have any project that you're working on augmented reality or virtual reality, send it to us and we'll send it to the mothership. Again, it's called ACM SIGGRAPH, S-I-G GRAPH. There you go. Okay. So, um, I'm going to just tell you that Fantastic Forum is also a television show. If you happen to be in the Arlington, Virginia area, you can check it out tonight on Arlington Independent Media, AIM, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Fios Channel 38. It's 8 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday evenings. Also, we have a website at fantasticforum.tv where the various episodes of the television show are broken up. We've got interviews, we've got event coverage, we've got toy and game profiles, we've got special features, we've got all the content you want and need. And it's at fantasticforum.tv. And the show airs not only 4 p.m. on every Saturday afternoon here on WERA, we are on on Thursdays right here on 96.7 FM at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So if you miss this show or if you want to get caught up on other episodes, we've got that too. And of course, we'll be back next Saturday at 4 p.m., same bat time, same bat station. In the meantime, if you are curious about any of the stuff we have going on, of course, Great Geek Refuge, I've talked up a bunch. You can find out more about GGR and Mike Lunsford and the diner and all of the wonderful things that the Great Geek Refuge has by going to greatgeekrefuge.com. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, Derek Horton, I didn't talk Derek up, but Derek is a wonderful actor, performer, and, uh, you know, activist, as it turns out. So, Anyway, come back next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Enjoy your Saturday, people.